right, welcome back. Of course, I've been uh, sharing my thoughts on this primary election, but I'm just a guy in Springfield who sometimes talks about politics and sometimes talks about pizza. But our next guest is a guy who immerses himself in politics. He's got a whole online, online newsletter devoted to it. So I wanted to get his insights as well. Patrick Fingston of the Illinois newsletter is here with us this afternoon. And Patrick, always great to have you. Welcome back to the program. I'd rather talk about pizza. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that, I promise. But, uh, okay. uh, of course, uh, you have been uh, watching races and developments unfolding all over the state. In fact, last night you spent election night on set on WGN-TV in Chicago. And, by the way, la-di-da, look who's hit the big time. Uh, but I, I want to get your thoughts on particularly the uh, the statewide and the downstate races. And, and what, if anything, surprised you and how things unfolded last night? In terms of statewide, very little. Um, maybe maybe the margin of victory for Darren Bailey. I didn't, I didn't Republican- think he'd break 50%. I was kind of amazed that he did that and, and room to spare. And, you know, and I haven't checked since they yeah, – I haven't checked this afternoon. He, were, he was high 50s yeah. earlier. Uh, so he's he did significantly better um, than, than expected. Um, you know, he was he was pulling kind of under 50 uh, most of most of the last week or so. Um, I, I I am surprised by his margin of victory, though. I think it's safe to say that uh, he should not get all of the credit for that victory. Uh, you know, his his campaign did a wonderful job of uh, firing up that uh, Trumpy base downstate. Um, that that was that was already uh, aggrieved with state government, and then when the the lockdowns and and mandates and those sort of things started to come from from the governor, uh, you know they they used that as a, a populist uh, bat signal essentially. Uh, but I think the the governor deserves a little bit of credit because he. He uh, he picked the candidate that he wanted and uh, put a lot of money behind it, uh, either between his own campaign or the uh, Democratic Governors Association. And I think you also need to credit the Irvin campaign for being an absolute dysfunctional mess wow. uh, that that, you know, couldn't stop from tripping over itself uh, that allowed Bailey to have the opening to just skyrocket past uh past Irvin when when Ken Griffin looked at the the dumpster fire that was the Irvin campaign and said, I'm not giving you any more money. <laughs> Let, let's take each of those one at a time. And I want to start with the governor, because like you said, he put a lot of money into it. He gave money to the Democratic Governors Association. They threw a lot of money at uh, running ads all over the state saying, oh, Darren Bailey, he's so conservative. Eek! Uh, and and of course, uh, voters dutifully followed him into the briar patch on that. But um, uh, is this a situation, be careful what you wish for, now that uh, Governor Pritzker has Darren Bailey as the opponent that he wanted? Does Bailey have a path to victory? Is there a way he could put together a coalition that could get him across the finish line? So listen, there's there's going to be a lot of 
dismissal of Bailey in the fall. Um, you know, I'm sure uh, a liberal talk show host like a Jim Leach or a, a certain liberal newsletter writer that you and I both know or, or some Chicago media are going to uh, roll their eyes and discount everything he, he says and does. Don't include me on that. I learned my lesson in 2016. I take nothing Fair. for granted anymore. Fair. The, the idea that Darren – I don't think Darren Bailey will win. But do I think he can win? Absolutely. Uh, we are looking at an economic situation that is on the brink of, uh, I, I, I almost said apocalypse. Not that bad, but it's 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 we're on the brink of bad out there. You know, it's it's six dollar gasoline in the Chicago suburbs. It's it's inflation through the roof. People who can't pay property taxes. Uh, you know, the the housing market is insane. So. Even even if you can buy a house, you can't buy the, uh, you can't you can't afford the property taxes, you know, and 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 the Democratic answer to gas prices instead of let's roll back our doubling of the gas tax a few years ago, even for six months, it was well we're going to stop the automatic increase of two cents <laughs> on July first. Thanks, Whee! Democrats. Yeah, boy, Thanks, very exciting. Uh, but on the other hand, it's one thing to say, okay, we're fed up with gas prices, fed up with inflation, fed up with this and that. Does Bailey have to have a solution to those things, a realistic solution, or is it enough just to say, hey, I'm not Pritzker? I, I think Bailey can get through a, a, an election season. I mean, we, we've seen people win campaigns on no policies just look at mary miller but the the idea that that he has to have the uh the bill written before he's elected governor i i think is 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 too much to ask but but if he's if he's willing to i mean and i'm not advising the bailey campaign by any means but but if they you know if they said patrick what should we say about gas prices i would say commit to a six-month uh, bill to cut the gas tax in half and to suspend the sales tax for six months uh, because the majority of the sales tax goes into the general revenue fund. So you can you can peel that mil few millions of dollars out of the uh, out of the budget, you know, without much of a problem. Uh, the so it's it's not a it's not a deal breaker for the state. And obviously, you know, you you cut road fund dollars in half for six months. It's not great, but people are also hurting. And I'd rather give people 50 cents off a gallon of gasoline right now than, than, and try and figure out how to, uh, and, and try and figure out how to fill that hole over the next couple of years. Talking with Patrick Fingston of the Illinois. He is also the Joan Rivers to my Johnny Carson. When I go on vacation, Patrick has been stepping in, doing a fantastic job. Maybe a little Honey, bit... Honey, I hate your dress. <laughs> oh. Maybe a little bit too good a job from the feedback I get from listeners. We'll talk about that later. Uh, but one more note on the, the governor's race. Um, how did Ken Griffin get to be so rich when his political investments offered the same return as just lighting a stack of $100 bills on fire? I mean, this... This guy was absolute poison. Everybody he supported financially went down in flames last night. How, 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 uh, you just like try to give me more enemies on the Republican <laughs> side, don't you? Um, the, so, so Griffin got fleeced by 
by uh, the consultants that recruited Richard Irvin into the race. But and these, are, these are the rounder crowd, right? Isn't that the same it, folks? It is the rounder crowd. It's it's some of the same folks that uh, that were behind Rodney Davis's first run, uh, which is where I I got to know them when I worked on Rodney Davis's first race. Uh, it, it's there there will be stories that come out about the the dysfunctional dumpster fire that was the Irvin campaign and how much these outside consultants fleeced Griffin for. I think he put too much trust into his in-house guy uh, and his out-of-house guy uh, to to recruit the right candidate. And, and I think they were very arrogant in their assumption that they could just pick an issue, talk about nothing but that issue, and steamroll the primary. They they also underestimated Darren Bailey. I think we all did. Uh, look at that number that he's at, and we all underestimated Darren Bailey. But it's so Griffin. Griffin got Griffin got what he asked for. He he wanted a candidate that could be completely controlled by that camp. Um, Irvin continued to stay on message, to never answer a question, to uh, furiously defend uh, the the silly decisions that they were making and the blatant lies that they continued to tell. And and I, I I don't feel bad for Ken Griffin today because if. You make a bad investment, you pay for it. You know, and I do have to say, you're, you're right also about Darren Bailey. I, I listened to his whole victory speech last night. You know what? The guy is good on the stump. Uh, it, it's a little bit of a J.R. Ewing vibe while he's calling you friend and he's smiling. But, uh, you know, there's a there's a certain menace to it underneath. But uh, but he definitely, you know, is a good communicator to his audience. And, and you're right. I think you underestimate him at your peril. Uh, we're running tight on time here. And I do want to move to the Rodney Davis Mary Miller race, and I, and I got to ask: you, Do we have to? I, yeah, I, we really kind of do because I, I, I want to get your take on this. Rodney Davis was he doomed from the start, or, no. or did he make some key miscalculations in all of this? Uh, he did make some miscalculations. I had a story last week where where he was kind of biting the hand that fed him in some some situations in fundraising and uh, some agriculture groups. He was he was cozying up to some of the like humane society of the u.s people who who aren't the um you know save the fuzzy puppy arms of an angel commercials that that you see out there aren't your local animal shelters they're the the anti-agriculture activists wow uh and and essentially the the story that i i told last week was the national uh, beef organization, along with the state beef farm farmer organization, uh, which, you know, disclosure, I've done some non-policy related work with them and the, the local, the state group is run by a friend of mine. But, um, you know, essentially the leaders of both of those organizations got a call from Davis's California born and bred and grown chief of staff filled with obscenities and and dismissals and f you here and there and and 
it was a question of who are you and why do you not pay attention to the people who helped get you here? Um, Rodney is a very good politician. Uh, he's a relatable guy and a smart guy uh, who who has also been underestimated over the years. I mean, uh, a lot of folks on, on your side thought he was doomed to Ann Callis. A lot of people thought he was doomed to Betsy Londegrand. A lot of people thought he was doomed to Andy Minar, who never even got into the race yeah. at any point. Uh, and and he, he won a Democratic-drawn district for 10 years. Uh, he got beat by Donald Trump. He didn't get beat by Mary Miller. Right. He got beat by Donald Trump. And that's that's the bottom line. And, and, and mainly because at one point six years ago, Rodney Davis criticized Donald Trump over the Access Hollywood tape, and Trump never forgot it. And that was why he didn't be put a target on Rodney Davis's back and, and fired the shot. And, and at, it was a kill shot. When, at the time when Davis's daughter was 18, 17. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I, I don't have a teenage daughter, but I can imagine the anger if if I saw somebody talk about women that way and I had a young daughter that I was trying to teach to be respected or or expect teach to expect to be respected and and I I never blamed Davis for for his anger in that and a lot of people should you know a lot of people were mad at him over that especially as the southern half of his current district but you know, he did what he had to do once Trump was elected and and work with the president on his side and try and make things happen and and essentially was able to get his foot in the door. And, uh, you know, instead, it instead, it's a guy that you have a guy whose two best friends in Washington are Kevin McCarthy and Steve Scalise, who's in line to be a committee chairman or uh Outside, you know, an outsider who's never going to have a committee chairmanship, whose two best friends in in Springfield are Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert, and you know that's that's what people picked. They picked the crazy instead of the guy that can get things done for them. Yep, indeed, and that says a lot about where we are in our politics today. Uh, Patrick Finkston, we are out of time. Tell people how to read more of your insights and to subscribe to get them. It's theillinois.com, I-L-L-I-N-O-I-Z-E.com. We put out a newsletter every day. You can click subscribe to the free version uh, up in the top right corner of the, the website, and we'd love to have you and share our thoughts with you each day. Patrick will be back in a couple of weeks. He's going to be doing some more fill-in work for me when I get to finally take a vacation here uh, later in July. So more details on that.